welcome to tea time. Welcome to tea time. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. What? Oh, that was that. It's there fine. you go. Right. Yeah. You know, with with all due respect to Jordan Peele. Uh, so <laughs> it's the three of us this week. We don't have Angie uh, for this tea time. She also I don't think we're going to have uh, you or Angie for tomorrow's robot. So it's just going to be me mm-hmm. and Ian like the old days, olden days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if we'll know what to do. I just wonder. I hope it, it's not going to be me monologuing and rocking back and forth while Ian says nothing. So don't be afraid. <laughs> He'll have stuff to say. Uh, and it's a big one too. We have we have post what I believe is going to be. I still think Terrell is out. I think he's dead. I don't think there's not gonna, he's not going to pop back up later. I think that's how we send that character out. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like this is the silent episode. I feel like Rami Malek's going to be running for uh, 48 minutes uninterrupted. That's just me. So that's going to be an interesting one. But I do want to get your thoughts on it. I know that you're not going to be with us because of Dorian, the musical that you're mounting right now. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. What's up with you, Andre and Dorian? Tell us where we are in the process of getting this thing Ooh. out there. Well, yeah. So the reason I wasn't on uh, for our robot episode on Monday was because we started rehearsals uh, for my musical. He's so excited. And it's been like the weirdest week of my life in many ways. Um, emotionally and like just like mentally and physically. It's just all all over the place but in a great way um i had like the morning of i like woke up at 5 a.m like in a panic because i was like oh yeah oh that's tonight oh my gosh okay 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 um and i had just gotten the email the night before from the director being like hey so um pianist isn't going to be there for the first two days can you teach the parts i'm like yes even though i've never done it before i'm like yeah i'll do that that's fine um, but my, all of that kind of melted away as soon as I came into the rehearsal room. Everyone is just like, first of all, it was like super nice and super funny and like everyone is attractive and I'm just like, this is great. And it's been so like, I've had so many like what the fuck moments. Cause like I've been working on this thing for a year, um, and to see it and hear it like in like see the binders in people's hands and like hearing the music, like coming from actual people is like really insane even though it's not it's not the first time I've had something of mine like performed in that way but it is the first something like this that is like long form and like completely different from what I'm used to do used to be doing and having all that trepidation of is this going to be any good like because these people have been like been trained in in this kind of thing like are they going to see it and be like what is this but everything seems to be going really great and i'm just like very excited to like see it come alive next weekend yeah it's really exciting and as you share a little bit i was like this is we're excited over here just watching this come together for you all of this is really important and it's fun to watch you rise and are you getting it documented is somebody like track is on is there a bts crew on this thing (laughs) uh if you mean Lindsay, yeah. Oh, she um, is. Yes, yeah, she's your BTS crew. She yeah. So, the so the reason I I wanted to document it was for a number of reasons. It's not just kind of like an ego project, but like I had the idea when I finally got a meeting with one of the assistant professors of the theater department um, to talk about possibly mounting this as a production. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool? It started as just like a thing for me. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I just like took a couple videos here and there of like seeing this all like come together. So I have like a couple of videos where I'm just like talking and freaking out in front of the camera and then like, like doing stuff with the music. Uh, But then like, as the rehearsals went on, it sort of turned more into like a me realizing that this process isn't really ever like, exposed or documented like it you can find some videos with like uh some rehearsal footage from like a broadway musical or something but like one this isn't like a a production it's a workshop so we're not going full out it's strictly on a the piece is in development phase and we're doing and we're making changes on the spot and finding 
ways to make things better. And like, yeah, no one knows what that process is like, even me. So as we were going along, I was sort of pointing Lindsay in that direction of like, if we're talking about stuff, get it. Because I think it's really interesting. And like, as I'm going on, and the director I'm working with is so nice and he's fucking hilarious. You're, you'll see once I put the video together, he's just like amazing. Um, but I'm just like, this is, this is like something that I don't think has ever been done before. And like me being a fan of just like seeing how things are done and like always loving those like behind the scenes featurettes and stuff like that. Uh, this was something that became like rapidly really exciting. And definitely when I started to see some of the show being staged, I was like, oh, no, we have to show this. Like, this is the most interesting part for me. Yeah. I think it's it's important for a lot of different reasons. Like, one thing, first of all, everybody loves behind the scenes, coming together, the making of. And mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter to me what it is. I just like it. I like seeing things made. I like to see creative people collaborating and doing stuff. So I love that. And then just for you personally, I have I've kept what little I've kept. I mean, obviously being a lot older than you guys, my my uh, media from the days is like tablets, chiseled. But uh, <laughs> but you look back at some of this old footage of stuff you've done and you remember where you were in that headspace and it kind of reminds you like where you were and, and it just there's so many good things to looking back. I don't live in the past. I don't think it's healthy to live in the past. But looking at past work, from all different times of your life, it's really important to document it. it. It pays off exponentially throughout the years. You can be on Broadway doing something massive and then pull up these bits from, you know, this workshop you did, you know, in, in Morgantown, like all those years ago and be like, oh shit, wow, that was the seeds of maybe where this went. So I love that shit. I'm glad yeah, that you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. So it's also it's happy serving... birthday, Lindsay, the documenter of, of oh, some yes. of this content. Yes. Happy birthday, I girl. literally. She is she's continues to astound me with her talent, honestly, because like I just told her, like, you know, just shoot some things. And then I load everything up on my computer. She's got these like masterful like shot compositions. And I'm just like and that's when it really been like, oh, it's kind of like a documentary. Like, oh, I, that can definitely work as that. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be kind of like patchworky because it didn't start that way. So there's things missing and I'm probably going to have to be in like, so this is happening. And then we did this and this and blah. And it's not going to be like dramatic either like i don't like there were tears involved this week uh on everyone's parts and i didn't feel comfortable show, uh, like filming people crying um but i definitely have had moments of because also like i realized the other day like this whole piece this past year like I, I was writing this thing in a very turbulent time in my life with like my parents divorcing and stuff like that and like when i first heard the music like actually like being sung like after that rehearsal I like got into my car and just started bawling yeah and I didn't know why it was wow. just like so incredibly powerful to like hear it and I don't know it was just it's just crazy it's really really crazy it's interesting you say that like when you're documenting stuff it's really hard like there's a line between documentary and reality show yeah like if you're showing it feels cheap to me like to you're right to get people in like vulnerable moments you know then yeah. you might as well just throw in a flipping of a table and like someone <laughs> drinking tea, you know. Uh, yeah. But I, and I've always marveled at this. We don't talk about it a whole lot on the podcast. I've marveled that the majority of that first year that we spent with you doing the podcast, your parents were going through a divorce. And mm -hmm. look, it's not you guys are a tight family. This thing happens. And it's like we had no idea. Like I was like. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if, <laughs> if it's a good thing. Like, oh, my God, you know, we kept it together and. For nine months of the year that we knew you, this was going on. And second of all, should you should you be talking about it? Is he holding <laughs> things inside? Well, maybe he doesn't do that with us. There's all those kind of things that you think like well, how comfortable someone is sharing something. And you're also putting this together. So I'm super impressed, but also, you know, that we've become family. You can tell us shit. You have to do yeah, a podcast. <laughs> You're <be> like, girl. <laughs> well, I feel, I yeah, I feel comfortable about it now because you know it's been a while and we we made a lot of progress as a family. And both of my parents and my sister are coming up to see the show next weekend. Awesome, um, awesome. Which will be very fun. That'll be um, super delightful. So. Yeah, and I'm gonna be very sad when it all ends because I've really like I feel like I've like genuinely fallen in love with like every single person in this cast, Aww. and it just reminds me of like 
it's like that same feeling I had when I was working on like community theater productions and I felt so close to everyone, even though we only had known each other for a couple of weeks. I was yeah. like, I had missed this feeling because I hadn't had that in a while. You know, it's a different, different vibe and energy when you're in that that sort of creative space. I absolutely love live performance. And when I did it for many years, I was a theater major in college and then I was in community theater, blah, blah, blah. There, you you have to do it quick. You have to forge together quickly. You have to bond quickly. You have to like, I yeah. miss that too so much. I miss, I think I, I got that feeling back when I got into production because in production you have to hit the ground running. We're all, but but then, you know, there's some people who are on camera and then there's the people of those of us who are behind camera and there's a lot of saltiness that goes on. But like, there's something about you have to like, you have to bond and get it together quickly in live performance. And I, I love it. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And you do miss it. There's always post-gig letdown. You kind of go into a depression when it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> but the cool thing is, it's that there's more on the horizon. And, yeah. and I love that you're savoring every moment of it. Very important yeah. to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're also... I'm working on getting the, the, the show's filmed and i'm trying to get good audio and stuff like that so i'm waiting on a couple of replies hopefully that uh pins out but it's also great for just like portfolio reasons and just like yeah and like a lot of people have been like i didn't expect a, a musical from you mostly because like my colleagues like know me as as someone who wants to do like like film scoring and stuff like that and i kind of go back to it i've had that that same phase with me i'm like why what what is this thing and it's just like telling music telling a, a story through music is the common denominator that is yeah and i it, absolutely yeah. love it yeah. format can change all day long but it's still the same component also yeah. did you say you're trying to get good sound for your documentary hmm interesting Trying to get good well, good sound. sound for the the filming of the. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm just saying yeah. it's important, isn't it? Even if you're doing <laughs> the documentary of stuff, that you should get good sound. <laughs> hey, are yeah. you are you guys gonna be performing it in like a um, like a a dedicated performance theater, or is it just like? Yes, yes. So we have uh, the Fabo Theater at our music building. It's kind of like a black box situation, um, which I think is perfect for this kind of show because. Um, even if it was like a full production and not a workshop, it's not a show that needs like elaborate sets or elaborate costumes. It's a pretty intimate story. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, ha we have two show dates, uh, Friday and Saturday, seven 30 free to the public. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Are, so you, are you guys, a, are you guys miking up your talent and all that kind of stuff? That whole no, side of no, the No, we're not miking mostly because it's like small. Okay. The, the the theater, well, it's big, but like the way we're, we're staging it, we don't need mics because the audience is like right there right in the up front so, yeah acoustically sound you're good in a black box right yeah if it's been built right yeah. i love also that sound too there's something very almost church-like it's got a little bit of of reverb to it a little bit of space yeah yeah it'll be interesting because our we also have a, a piano and a string quartet for the uh the music um and i'm interested to see because like it's a it's a great theater, but but it's also like pretty dead in there. Like it's kind of like performing a show in like a wet washcloth, <laughs> as a director sort of put it. Um, so I think it'll be fine, mostly because we're gonna stage everything pretty close to the audience. Because uh, there's just a bunch of dead space that we don't need. Yeah. Um, wet washcloth. Yeah, I was trying to <laughs> trying to what? figure out what that sound is like. What? Like it just like soaks up the sound. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the sound doesn't like go past like a couple feet. Oh, so it's not no, gotcha. cathedral like then. You don't have that sort of. Yeah. So we're we're decay. in uh, that theater starting tomorrow, all the way up to the show. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. Oh, that'll be interesting to see how when you go in there, like, oh, what? Oh shit! Here's all the flaws. Here's all the problems. Mm -hmm. Need to come up here. And that's, come and up that's down what the here. workshop is for. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so excited. And then someone's set to record the final performance, right? Yes, that's what we're working is. on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. We'll post it up for sure. We'll talk about it as we get close. Dorian is the name. Can you talk mm -hmm. about the story? Like, what's it about? Yeah, so it's a modern retelling of Oscar Wilde's picture, Dorian Gray. And it started. It didn't start with the source material, funnily enough, because um, uh, back, like, a year ago, well, like, last September, uh, my, composition, my composition professor was like, 
well, what do you want to work on now? Because I had switched professors because that's how you usually do it. Like the first two you go with one professor, the last two you go with the other. And he has had an extensive background in musical theater. And I was like, I think I want to do a musical because I've always wanted to do it. And I feel like the time is right. And I'm like with the right person to like sort of guide me through that. And he's like, well, what do you want it to be about? And I'm like, let me think on that. And then I remember one day coming home to Lindsay and we were doing like our third Penny Dreadful Watch. Um, and I said to her, like, wouldn't it be cool if, if there was like a musical about Dorian Gray and like you could do really cool things with like the picture and like not seeing the picture and like, you know, like, wouldn't that be interesting? She's like, mm. and she, she just shrugged. I remember being like, huh. So I, I like looked into it a little bit more. I read the book and I'm like, there's something that I can do here. And it, but it's not going to be an adaptation because as, as thematic a story it is, it is dated. And there are some things that don't work with a 2019 audience. So I was like, okay, we can do a modern retelling so I don't feel so tied to the source material because I I have, the story is there, the characters are there, some of the themes need a little tweaking, some updating. Um, And I came with that idea to my professor. He's like, let's do it. That sounds great. So So. Dorian Gray's going to rap. Just kidding. Uh, No. (laughs) No, while the 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 story. Alley of. Just kidding. (laughs) That's not no, rap. The, the story is updated. <laughs> yeah. The story is updated, but the music still retains that like kind of gothic nature that, that the, the book was published in. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I was excited. I thought that was what it's about. I don't want to assume. I didn't even know what to call it for a minute. I was like, I don't want to pry in your business. This is how like I've gotten to be so can we call it a musical? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't like <laughs> Because somebody's pouring their heart out. You don't want to like roll up to the doors of like years of work and go, so what's this? Like a, like a yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> That's excited. That's excited. That's exciting. <laughs> um, I just lost the use of words for a second. Uh, yeah, that's, so let's that's keep, been me this week. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. I'm, just yeah. giving notes, being like, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Yeah, just tripping on my words. Yeah. Just like, I just want to be kind of in a quiet space. Speaking of which, uh, we have a tradition around here. We started it, I want to say, last year. So it's the second annual cocooning. Mm-hmm. So it started with last fall. We got excited about... Um, 76. Fallout 76, bought it. I got a PS4. We bought brand new ones, got ready to do this game, and then we played it. And we upgraded our... our- <sighs> Internet connection and the whole a faster modem. Drop a lot of money. Wow. On a game where you get <laughs> murked by strangers. Yeah. But what I learned across the years that I love um, RPG, there's certain kind of games that I like, and I love Fallout, uh, just not Fallout 76. Met some great people on there. Love the West Virginian world. Um, I've been running around in the space where you live, uh, killing death claws. So, uh, but we're, we, Fell in love with that whole concept of video gaming, blah, blah, blah. Now we both play Fallout 4 just because we're familiar with it. You can play in God mode. And then you started playing Fallout 4, and I was like, my face started melting. Mm-hmm. Because now you've watched Game of Thrones with us, Robot, and now you're playing Fallout 4, and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> I'm slowly turning into you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. I want to go ahead and apologize to your friends and family right now. So sorry. No, but like we were so stoked. And then we had the two screens side by side in the living room. We just, our guest Cindy just left. We had a wonderful time with her for 10 days, showing her around LA, uh, doing the tour, doing the crawl. Yeah, we did that, uh, the Mulholland crawl that we did with you. We did. Up on Mm. the top of the thing. Went up to the thing to get the shots and the view. And then we didn't go to Calabasas. Um, but we did a lot of the same things and it's fun and we got to see our town and Ian had never even been up to that point where we went to mm-hmm. the very top. So it's a lot of cool stuff going on, but now it's like we're ready for the cocooning. We just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. That yeah. was super fun on Halloween. And now we're like, okay, we're going to be sitting here watching all of our shows. I mean, I'm looking at my watch list and I'm like, holy crap. I'm excited about all this stuff, but I'm like, when am I going to find the time? So we end up dragging the third big screen in our in our den. So all of our TV screens are lined up. I think there's what <laughs> two fifty inch and one fifty five inch screen, something like that. So the fifty five inch screen is for like the t- TV show we're watching, uh-huh. like whether and it's stuff that you throw on that you don't have to concentrate, like Jersey Shore or whatever Kardashians or house design, blah blah blah. So you throw that over there, and then you it's we're in playing your peripheral. On the two but we're not playing together. 
But if we do have a game, like we're online together, we can play in there. And I just bought Outer Worlds, and I haven't had a chance to play it because a guest was here. So I'm excited about Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is Obsidian that created the Fallout franchise before the whole Bethesda thing went down. And I have to say, what little time I've spent with it, it is the most glorious, hilarious, funny. Those Obsidian guys who built all the sense of humor into Fallout and all the funniness, it's all built into what little I've played. I mean, I've played maybe 15 minutes of Outer World, and i got to tell you, I'm excited mm. about this one. And this one's not online. Go at your own pace. But it's just wacky. So, so far, the cocooning has is about to launch. So we're That's not going to cool. go anywhere for holidays. We're not having anybody over. <laughs> we're the whole, this is the whole fall besides working and then... Uh, as Ian picks up gigs and we finish Mr. Robot, that's the work of the podcast. Uh, my book is coming out at the beginning of the, of 2020. Right now it's in the hands of a faithful reader. Ian's gone hey. through it. So I didn't want to share it wide in this initial thing because I'm already nervous about it. A friend is like literally, my cousin is reading it today and I want to vomit. She has it literally <laughs> in her hands while we're doing this podcast. And, uh, and it's very scary. I didn't realize I was going to feel this way. I feel protective. I feel exposed. I feel uh, vulnerable. I feel like I need to be a plumber. I feel like I should just start all over again. Um, I don't know. I'm just having all kinds of crazy reactions to having my... I printed yep. it out, put it in a binder, a really nice leather-bound binder that a friend gave me years ago as a present to hold scripts, and I've never used it before. It's really cool. And it's got my name embossed on it and the whole thing. Because my cousin's used to reading books. She wants a paper book in her hand. And, mm -hmm. and every weekend morning, she goes to her favorite, her favorite bars and, like, reads, you know, her books. And so she's taken my book into this situation. Mm. Um, and she's, you know, in public at her favorite places reading this book and – and everybody's like, oh, what book are you reading now? Are you reading a Hollywood script? She goes, no, I'm reading my cousin's manuscript. So I'm excited. I'm also gassy. Um, I've got butterflies. I don't know. And it's not finished. They're reading a very imperfect draft. Like Tina's reading. <coughs> through. I can, I can probably say the first half of the book is solid. And then you can see where it drops off. I literally write a, wrote a note to Ian and Tina going, okay, this is where it goes sideways. So I've got to stitch together that ending or ditch it. And so the goal is beginning of 2020. I'm not going to name a date. Um, but it's very weird, this process of creating something. And I've yeah. been at this for three, almost four years. And it's very weird. So, so we're in very similar boats. <laughs> we are. We are. You're excited, but you're also just like, holy shit. And you're just so nervous about how yeah. it's going to be received. So I don't know. So we're in the cocooning right now. Preparing for. And then I may be getting hand surgery soon. So I got to work out the timing of this because it's the middle finger on my right hand um, is going to be, I need surgery. It's a long story, but I got to do something with this finger. And uh, I'm like, how I got to, I got to really get on the good foot and get this thing completed before this gets set up because that's going to be several weeks of, and look, you can't, I mean, I've tried to tie it when I first broke it. I tried to tie it like the turtle and I can't, I really can't do that. <laughs> Translation things don't work. I think with my hands anyway, mm -hmm. I'm just one of those people unless till my fingers touch the keyboards, I can't. So we'll see what happens uh, here in this next few months. So mm. Did you guys look at our calendar of watch things? Because I've been filling in our Ashland calendar of things that we might want to check out. And I'm just like, there's just an endless list of stuff yeah. on here. Like, we're all probably going to watch The Crown, right? Do you watch The Crown? I, no, I watched the, the first season when it first came back out. And I just didn't pick it up after that. Yeah, just not into it. Yeah. Silicon Valley's back. Shameless is coming back. I guess we're all going to watch his dark materials, right? Is that the one? I'm into that. Yeah. yeah. When does that come out again? On the 4th. That would be... What oh, it comes out tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I probably won't watch it anytime soon. <laughs> uh, 
That's probably a Thanksgiving break watch. Um, I think so too. So his dark materials, and then the Mandalorian. I mean, Disney mm, Plus. Oh launches, my god, I forgot. Yeah, when does yeah. Disney Plus launch? Like November twelfth. November twelfth. So the same day. That's the Mandalorian. That. They're launching with that content and whatever's on there. Oh shit! All right. And, yeah. Right. And then Apple TV. You can get now. So, <laughs> and I'm finding all this going. I'm not going to do this, but then I see the content coming out, and I'm like, oh, what? I haven't seen things for Apple TV other than the the Russians landing on the moon thing and the Jennifer Aniston thing. Well, there's also the Haley Stanfield thing. So I'm like, where is that Disney? Oh, that, that. I know what you're Apple talking TV. about. I don't know. Like, there's so many things. And then, of course, there's stuff coming back on Prime. And then Netflix is just a lot of my stuff is on Netflix, I'm just realizing. You know, like, we're right now Queer Eye Japan is happening. Yeah. So I've got to finish that one. I'm already a mess. They're just oh internationally amazing. Yeah. The Japanese people are just like, oh, my God, you get me. And they're like, yes, we do. It's universal. Yeah. Um, I was also kind of, did you guys, do you watch Great British Bake Off? Am I the only no, one in I the don't. group that really watches it? I think I am. Yeah. I mean, when they had it, like you can, ra- you can just binge the whole thing. I would be able to watch it. But now that it's week to week, it's right. kind of tough. So this year is the first time that they put it out where you have to watch it week to week on Netflix. I understand it. I've actually talked about this on the podcast where I can see as creators of the show, you do this um, episode dump your entire season like Orange is the New Black. Everybody spends the weekend like munching it up and talking about it. And then your buzz has dissipated by Wednesday about your show. Like, it's just not sustainable. Mm. I understand putting it out week to week as much as that's a pain in the ass. So I'll like, well, I'll let it pile up. But I love Great British Baking Show. I also know it's a competition show and there's going to be a winner, so I want to keep up, right? So the Gay Times, on their IG, I don't know if they did this on Twitter too, they literally announced the winner two days before it happened. Did they pull it down or did yeah, they keep I don't, it there? I don't know if they pulled oh. it down, but I know Jonathan Van Ness was like, way to spoil the show, guys, because it had already aired in Britain. But here, we, wouldn't, we weren't going to get that episode until yesterday on, on uh, I'm sorry, on our last Friday. Mm. So the winner was announced, and I was like, aw, really bummed me out. So if you're going to make us watch things, you know, week to week, and they have an international audience. You guys need to work that out because that really, it just bummed me out. I was like, I don't yeah, really want to know that. I don't, know. I don't really know how I feel about that because, like, at that point, we're just, like, watching cable again. We're watching like, cable like, again. What's yeah. the point of the streaming service? Like, exactly. if they wanted to, like, if they wanted to increase the the hype, then do, like, a Monday-Thursday release and just do that and make it last a little longer. I yeah. feel like week to week is, like, People are just going to be like, well, why am I paying fourteen ninety nine for Netflix to watch things week to week? It 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 does. I so see that side of it too. I see that side probably more than the dissipation of the buzz. There is a way to do this out out in threes. You know, like a bundle of threes. Yeah, you know, you know what Terrace yeah. House does. Terrace House does a bundle of twelve. I mean, again, their entire show is it's a reality show. It's it's happening on the fly. They end up with forty episodes. They're running this current season up into the doors of the the Olympics. So I can see it in some cases, but this really pissed me off where, okay, we'll watch it week to week. Awesome. But then you're going to spoil the show. So what are we doing here? I mean, I love no commercials. That's awesome. But I also get that on HBO. I get that on. So I don't know. I feel like we're in a time where everybody's having an identity crisis and we're figuring (coughs) out what tastes are. But like, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like I wasted I a know. lot of time. I should have just waited till the end, and then we're I don't in a know. weird time of of TV, and I feel like something's gonna break soon because now, like, almost everybody is putting out their own streaming service. Yes. So now we're on the cusp of like a new form of of TV entertainment is like just around the corner. I feel like. Well, you know, who's like probably... just when the market becomes oversaturated like this, there's something that eventually breaks it. You know who's who's kind of almost ahead of the curve on this is like Apple TV and Prime because like with Mr. Robot, I buy the season because USA <laughs> 10 o'clock on Sunday night, you have to like from four o'clock, five o'clock on be off of social media. So I get that show so I can rewatch it the next day. Right. Mm-hmm. So that makes me crazy. I'm like, if they had two more seasons of Mr. Robot going on, I'd raise more hell about it. 
But see, they <laughs> but don't. Like, ha- but they're, what they're ahead of it. That what I'm saying is like. You can buy these a la carte, like Apple TV. You don't want to watch that entire series. It's like you can either buy the entire album or just that one episode you're interested in, I guess, Mm. or just that one show that you want to watch. I mean, is it going to become this way? If you were going to truly cut the cord, which I got to tell you as someone who has to watch a lot of television, you can't do that. You can't cord cut and save money, first of all. Second of all, they they put they spread things across so many different channels just to be current you're dropping like $300 a month if you want to do it all legally yeah what were you going to say again yeah no i'm just saying it's like doesn't hbo like when game of thrones is going on you could watch it on the east coast feed once it goes yes. live east coast yeah. it's live on the, the app right yes i it's just i don't know why those other uh, like uh what is it usa or whatever they don't do that no because they can. It's not like they can't. It's so crazy. Is just, it because USA isn't like a premium channel? It isn't. Uh, that's it's a regular-ass cable channel that just lucked out and said yes to But didn't Stars Sam have Esmo. a problem with that, too? I think they might have, yeah. Stars got into a big throwdown well, Stars a with Warner channel. Brothers. Stars is premium, yeah. 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 There's, there's all these kind of different relationships, and it's hard to negotiate. And it's also hard Weird. to feel sorry for people who were like going... Well, nobody's watching this show. Well, not everybody has Dish TV and wants to see Mr. Mercedes on Dish Network. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you guys yeah, have I'm to... Yeah, I'm not uh, sure you know. what... Like, Apple TV, I think, is at a disadvantage because they're they're offering new content, whereas Disney Plus is like not only offering um, content that everyone loves and making it readily accessible while also coming out with a lot of new great content. So it's like, what is the business sense? Would it just not make it mo- make more business sense to like tailor your TV show to a Netflix contract or a Disney Plus contract than trying to spend all this money on creating a new platform? Because NBC yeah. has this Peacock yeah. thing that I doubt anyone is going to get. And there's like the Epix streaming service. Yeah, and, like and then there's and the, the CBS, CBS one channel, too. Yeah, which yeah. I mean, yeah, I like, love Twilight Zone, but I'm not going to drop money to pay for a channel that I already have I already have cable what are you doing yeah yeah it seems to be like the the problem that is trying to be solved is like giving people access to things whenever they can watch it you know what I mean I have something to pitch to people um because I, I'm addicted to TikTok like I was addicted to Vine I just can't stop watching TikTok oh um <laughs> I just can't stop watching it I got uh, onto Vine when it was like in the heyday and yep. like every single thing was fucking funny. Yes. And then it became just like ads and like, yes. like brand deals and then it died. Uh, same. Got got early adopter, jumped on there, thought it was genius, loved it because Vine set up all of everything else. Snapchat, everything else came out of Vine. Like here's your, here's your, it disintegrates. Oh yeah. You know, it goes away. All of the YouTube stars that are like on the Forbes list now started on Vine. Exactly. So here's what I'm thinking someone's going to end up doing. Or if you haven't and you're looking for ideas for TikToks out there, I feel like to fight back all this bullshit nonsense between this channel, that channel, have this service, that service, some genius needs to set up a TikTok and just go in there and just like hack into all these shows and just give the plots of everything, the episodes away, like in like the, the what is it, the six second TikToks. We just go, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to fight back. We're just going to do a series of TikToks about all these shows and just blah, 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 and just tell you. And so I've, I've watched the entire season. You can't spoil it for me. I saw the TikTok video. <laughs> Got it. You know? I don't know. I'm like trying to keep up with this stuff. And I, it should be pleasurable, right? TV watching should be pleasurable it's an escape and again i know these are definitely first world problems i totally understand that yeah but it's it's it doesn't pain me greatly or anything i just do a lot of head scratching and going okay where am i going to put my coin in 2020 is it time to scale back and just not know about that show you know because oh, i'm like, yeah. fine not knowing i mean like there's just stuff i don't watch like i all these years did not watch law and order and i mean I didn't grow an extra leg or, you know, nothing <laughs> fell off of me because I didn't know about. So, like, is it okay just to not watch a bunch of stuff and be like, oh, oh tell me about that show. Everybody's excited about it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the the commodification of, like, entertainment now is, like, is crazy because, like, they're they're very aware of, like, the price point. And I think that's why Disney Plus is a lot more uh, affordable than Netflix 
Um, and I think they're definitely offering a lot more. Um, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Cause I, like I'm comparing it to like YouTube who makes millions and billions of dollars every day from user created content. Like, is there not a way? And that's free to watch. And YouTube even has like their own TV platform that people yeah. can buy for like $12.99 a month. So right. like there's so many different options out there for a way for you to consume entertainment. Well, and I think everybody's trying to jockey for position because as the boomers are out of the picture and don't have a big say so in content, and this is falling to millennials, Gen X and, and Generation Z. I think that's why they're really focusing on millennials and Gen Z. What do they do? Well, first of all, they don't want to pay for fucking cable. Second of all, they can watch things on YouTube for free. I watch the yeah. habits of young people and they just don't, they do, they don't care. There's no FOMO about your show. They just have their device in their hand. They're watching their TV right there. They're like, whatever. Yeah. You know, or I'm, just I'm, like, just like illegally download it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, like people, find, because they don't want to fuck with it. Also, honestly, I have like tried to hunt down a show to watch a couple times and I'm like, I don't know what network this is on. And I do a search on my Roku, just go find it. And I have everything under the sun. It's like, this is not available. You have to download this brand new channel. We just rolled out five minutes ago. And I'm like, if I knew I wouldn't get nailed, I'd probably like, well, I'm going to fucking rip this off. Look, if I knew how to actually rip things off and not get caught, I would rip off Mr. Robot every weekend. Still pay for it. I've already purchased it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I feel like if if profits were based on viewership and not subscription based, I feel like there's more to give there. Yeah. Because not only are you getting the people that would have already pay for your shit anyway, but now you're offering your content to people who couldn't afford to watch it and are now watching it on in the platform that was designed for that specific viewing experience. So I don't know. That's again it's like what I'm saying, like I feel like there's there's a Dan that's about to give. And like Netflix is a superpower because it's been around for fucking ever since like yeah. two thousand four or five. Well they also are very genius. They snapped up a lot of content that would not see yeah. the light of day. It used to be you would get made made or broken by your film being released in major cities, you know? And you were jockeying for that indie, you know, laurels. You there was mm -hmm. no way to get your shit seen. So the good side of Netflix is that I see a lot of content that otherwise would not even be released. So a lot of creators yeah. have, and it's a very widely used platform. So that distribution is very powerful and key. There is a lot on there. You just have to take the time to curate your own material. And they mm -hmm. got rid of the rating system. They now let us rate it. They used to hire people with MFAs and screenwriters to rate stuff. And people were like, I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah. No, this, this snooty dude's telling me to watch this. And there's, I see a lot of content on there. We have friends who have content on there. You know, at least it's somewhere. At least, you know, you can show it to someone. So I wonder what, you know, Disney, almighty Disney, powerful Disney, what is their program? And it's going to go head to head with Netflix. I feel like Hulu's hanging out over here going, we do stuff too. You know, when I can't Hulu find is is offering very different content. They do. Like. And they also are like, look, you want to see this old show like Room 227 or you want to see yeah. it? Like, we're here for you. Well, mm. watching Jersey Shore on Hulu has been great. It's awesome. You know, no commercials and yep. just go right into it and bam. Because watching any content on MTV will give you an aneurysm. Like 14 commercials <laughs> yeah. and 12 yeah. minutes of content. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, look, they're pushing that Axe Cologne really hard and heavy. So watching, like we're piling through Jersey Shore. I don't know why. It's just fun to keep it on the side. And I, I haven't watched the show. I've never watched an episode twice in my life. So this is crazy. And watching everybody grow up and whatever. So we can do that while we play games. And like on Hulu, I got the commercial free thing, which you pay for extra. But we're piling through that. So that's mm -hmm. $11. Netflix got that whole the beefed up, souped up thing. So I'm just like, I don't know what, what 2020 is going to be, but I feel like I'm five minutes away from being a drug kingpin just to afford my <laughs> watching habit. Yeah. Or I'm going to just snap one day and do a 180 and just be you know completely off the grid, and this podcast will be about how I'm growing my own herbs this week. So. <laughs> There'll be that. no podcast because I'll, I won't. You, you, can, you, can, uh, you can read the transcripts of the podcast. You can read the transcripts. And they'll be left <laughs> under the edge of the road, by under a rock near the, my driveway. Put Posted them back. on archive.org. Free public domain. 
I'll be hanging out with George Martin in a yurt on his property. Oh my gosh! No, but we're probably gonna, I hope he's doing we're gonna okay. get we've, we've already <laughs> talked about it. I think we're gonna we're gonna restructure our cellular service so that yes. we can afford. Um, what is it? It's not Apple TV. What? Our cell service. Yeah. Oh. This is this is Ian's That's genius plan. So yeah. walk walk us through what what you're gonna do, Ian. Well, so we're we're currently on AT and T and. You know, I, I still need to do some research, but Spectrum is offering mobile service, and it's about a hundred dollars cheaper than AT and T. And they pick it uh-huh. back off of uh, they pick Verizon it back off of Verizon. Verizon really is the best network out there. We yeah. just were yeah, that's we, what I have. We left them because we lost our cell tower that was right near the house. Now there's a new uh, one, so and they didn't act right. Yeah, so it's been a couple of years, but still we're not de- we're not dealing with Verizon. We're dealing with Spectrum. Right. So. So the money we save from that, his idea is okay. Well, now we can get you Disney get Plus Disney and the other one, the <laughs> and Apple TV, the Apple TV, or That's what? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then each episode of the podcast will now be fifteen hours long. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's like. <laughs> And I, I had a friend go, I listen to your podcast because there's so much crap out there. And she goes, and I have similar taste to you. So now I just, I go, okay, what, okay, what are they doing a podcast on? Okay, I'll watch that. She just reads the title. She goes, I, I, I let, she, <laughs> she lets the podcast play in the other room. So we'll get the download, but she doesn't listen to it. I'm like, that's wow. fine. <laughs> Thanks to the download girl. You that's know, hilarious. I feel you. But like she Sponsored does. Sponsored by Anonymous. <laughs> Shout out to her empty room. Exactly. Hi, how are you? <laughs> right. Hey, what's up? We should just like leave like messages for her cats. Um, <laughs> you want to scratch up the couch now? But I just look at this list of things and I'm like, and again, I don't listen to critics telling me what to watch. Uh, I don't listen to critics tell me anything. But I do sometimes, I look, Margaret Lyons in, uh, at, at the, the Times, I do go with her. But a lot of times it's just instinct. I think we all do this. It's like you go buy a, buy a bottle of wine. I, I don't know this grape from that grape. But I'm like, if they had the wherewithal to come up with this, uh, this bottle that said 100% that bitch, that's the Cabernet of tonight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I tend to do that with stuff. And again, I'll bounce on something 20 minutes in if I'm not feeling it. Or I'll do something like invest my entire time watching Fractured and going, oh my God, it's 1984. Why did I waste my time watching that piece of crap? So, But yeah, just looking at my list. So the shows I'm watching now, Watchmen, we're watching Watchmen. That's on HBO. Uh- How's 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 that? I, it's so bizarre. I'm not really sure where it's headed, but they had me mm-hmm. at Regina King. So yeah. basically, okay. if she just spent the rest of the series just walking around as the night uh, nun or whatever she's called, uh-huh. um, and killing fools, I don't care. If that's all she's doing, I'm here for Regina it. King. It's very weird. It's Oklahoma. It's we don't know who the mysterious old man is. There's so many things I don't know, and I love that I don't know. So okay. I'm here for it, right? Um, and also speaking of Regina King, which reminds me that they're going, they were going to bring back Boondock Saints, but we just Boondocks. Uh, we Boon Boondock Boon Boondocks. Sorry, not Boondock Saints. That's Norman Reedus. That's probably not happening anymore. So they're going to bring back Boondocks, but we lost John Witherspoon. Uh, this past week. So we lost spoons. I don't know what that's going to mean for the show, but awesome man, huge loss to the world. So sorry to his friend. And he was recording a video, a cooking video hours before he died. So, Oh wow. I don't know if it was a massive stroke or heart attack. He was only 77. And I know that sounds old to some people, but in this day and age, that's pretty young. So had to have been something he didn't see coming, but Oh my God, what a loss. Um, so Watchmen, had to get caught up on uh, American Horror Story 1984. I kind of mm. want those to like build up. Yeah, we were kind of waiting, you but know? then I followed Leslie Jordan on IG because I fucking love that man. And he, he was like, I was just on an episode of American Horror Story. And I'm like, oh, I got to see you, girl. <laughs> oh, okay. He was great. Um, I'm going to wait for The Good Place to finish so I can catch up on The Good Place. Mm-hmm. I started Living With Yourself. And realized that I was watching it by myself and then I need to watch it with Ian because it's Paul Rudd. We got halfway through Dolomite is my name and had to stop down to watch Mr. Robot last weekend. So I have to finish that. Got hooked on interior design masters. 
English people pleasantly doing things is a kink of mine. Um, <laughs> I have to let This Is Us pile up because I'm getting frustrated. It's the last season. I don't know who's who. They keep going. And here's a new character into the future. And then, oh, of course, I, hate that. I know it's crazy. Like, I don't know how I'm still watching that show and not losing it, but somehow I keep watching Why do you guys put new characters in the last seasons of your show? Well, but we here's the care. thing this is because these are people who are going to happen in the future, but they're so random. It's like, okay, Deja has, is this Deja's husband in the future? Like, everybody looking oh. at suspiciously. And it's great for the actors who work on the show because no one ever dies. Like, Ron Cephas Jones has been on the show every season and he died in the timeline like four years ago on the show but they don't no one dies because well. we we dip into the past and the future and the present kind of thing and then snl of course um i watch every week but the stuff to watch list his dark materials bojack horseman billy on the street the king with timothy chalamet and that haircut girl uh Oof. the laundromat <laughs> New episodes of Terrace House, Fire in Paradise. That's just that's just Netflix alone. And I started looking at like all the other stuff we have that's coming. Dublin Murders, Mandalorian, The Crown. And I'm like, oh, that Jesus. Jeff Goldblum series. I is know. Also coming out November 12th. I just bought a shirt with his face on it down at Brat when we went shopping. I just I love it's that. Just his face floating in the clouds. I was like, this you gotta is... You got to wear it while you're watching it. Yeah, this is... I had to wear it while watching it and have a meta moment. But I was like, I need to... Should I get this shirt for Andre? I don't know. <laughs> he likes a baby blue shirt. Uh, there were some super cool shirts uh, there that... I don't know why we didn't take you to Brat when you were here. But when you're here next time, we'll go to Brat. I don't it's, even know what that is. It's just down the street from your homie, uh, Hans's place. So... Oh, dope. It's literally on the Oh, yeah. It's on the same street. It's on the street, same street <laughs> as Hans Zimmerman, so we have to do it. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, like, it's not, these are not horrible problems to have. I'm excited <laughs> that there's this much TV to, to consume. I think I am literally going to have to sit down and do my budget again for the year and restructure because, come on, it's out of hand. It's out of yeah. hand. What did you guys do for Halloween? Did you have like a big, fun Halloween-y thing? No, I mean, I was in rehearsal, um, but we did take pictures. I loved your pictures. Uh, the weekend before. It was everybody, yeah, it was all Sweeney Todd, right? Yeah, it was a, a gender man, uh, Sweeney Todd and, and Mrs. Lovett. Um, and that was fun because uh, it was just, we just had the idea because like literally the week and a half before we still didn't know what we were going to do. And then it was, it was on like one of the, the cable channels. And I was like, what if we did that? But we like, I'm Mrs. Lovett. And was I loved just, like, it. Let's do it. Yes. Um, yeah, that was fun. And then we ordered, <laughs> we wanted to get like a, a the same kind of like blade he uses in the yes. movie. Um, and I'm like, we went to Spirit Halloween. They didn't have it. Also, they're ridiculously overpriced. I was like, okay, I'll just get it on Amazon. It was like $11 and I got it and it was like a real <laughs> knife. And I didn't know that it was like a real blade that was oh like sharp. <laughs> so Harley is dead. <laughs> yes. Um, it was. So we had it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> we had to be careful with it. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. I was like, "Did they make that knife?" I'm really impressed. <laughs> now you're telling me it's real. What the hell? We were gonna dress up, just couldn't be bothered. I don't know. I think we, uh, Cindy was here. The three of us flopped. Uh, I think my favorite thing about Halloween night, we didn't have, we had like, we bought all this massive candy at the 11th hour. I wasn't going to do candy. And then the Southerner and me wouldn't let me not go to the door. If someone <laughs> knocks, I just, I don't know. It could be Jesus. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just, it's ingrained <laughs> in me. I can't just not answer the door. So there was two huge block parties or whatever down the street. So that siphoned all of our foot traffic. Great. I'm so glad I bought all this candy. Um, I'll send you a care package. I'll just mail it to your house. It's a big <laughs> chunk and you can pass it around. So we ended up like watching some really cheesy, um, horror stuff, which was super fun. One had Christian Slater in it. Debbie Harry was really fun. Um, James Remar was just really funny. I think it was a Tales of the Dark Side, the movie. Mm -hmm. I want to say from the eighties or nineties. Then we, we sat, I had already seen Midsummer, so we had Cindy watch Midsummer, and to watch her watch Midsummer was like my favorite thing because that movie is so fucked up. <laughs> I, Lindsay had, had gone to see it when it came out, and she was like explaining it to me, and I'm like, What? 
Yeah. Wow. Don't know if I want to watch it. Is it any good or is it just like just weird as fuck? It's. <sighs> okay. If you're a horror connoisseur, I feel like you owe it to yourself to clock this one. Okay. It is. Well, let's just say, how did you feel about heredity or hereditary or whatever it was? I I liked it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. So, you know, that one, that one feels like it's over here on its own-ish. Yeah. It still feels like it could be from the 70s or whatever, but it has its own. And then Suspiria is over here and it's its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then Get Out's over here. Get Out and Us. Those feel like this. This feels like a new, newish thing, but it also felt like Wicker Man. I don't know. Like. It wasn't like jump scare or horror. It was just terror and bl- plain day- uh, daylight. And I feel like what Ari Aster did, I don't know this for sure. I haven't read anything about this movie or how it came about. I feel like he read some old Swedish texts. <laughs> and they did some fucked up shit back then because, you know, A, no electricity, no cable, no club. Um, They probably haven't even really invented the, you know, real musical instruments. So you bored, right? And you got right. harvest and you're superstitious. And I feel like somebody took these old texts and Ari just was inspired by them and just put them in a film. Because I know how you read like old timey shit or like mm-hmm. old testament shit and you go, they're doing what? Like he put that on screen. And it, and it was just like everyday life for these people. Right. It's like it's like it's like um it's like the lottery. Right. You know it's, it's very just- much like the lottery. But you also do a lot of just so you have to pause every five minutes and go, white people. Yeah. It's like, damn. <laughs> white people are fucked up and shit. And again, first of all, if you see a bunch of white people dancing around in a field in, in just all white clothing, you need to do a 180. Run, <laughs> motherfucker, run. But see, they drove four hours out in the middle of nowhere. Ain't nobody going nowhere. And then there's a sea of blue tarps. You know, are these people just incurious about the world? I'd be like, what's under all the tarps? <laughs> just asking, you know. There's one dude who goes, what's in that building? It's not for you to know. It's like, see, <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to go. And then they were taking shrooms out of the gate. So these people, they like, welcome to this big field. And they give you shrooms. And you're like, oh, they, they, this is not good. This is not good. It's not good. So all my spotty senses were going off. And I couldn't <laughs> believe that Cheaty was in this. Cheating from the good place. I'm like, brother, what are you doing? You're doing this on purpose. You marched up in the middle of this stuff. And I'm like, I couldn't believe Chidi stood. Stu- wow. he, he like, he got got. So it was just like bird box all over again. It's, it's not. No. Bird no. Bo- oh, bird box. No, no, just like, no, like, like white people thing. Like It was, but it was, but this yeah. felt old and ancient. It's like, y'all question how we act right now in the real life. It's like, this uh-huh. is how we got started. We were doing this fucked up shit. Back in the day, we ain't ever stopped doing bad shit. Are people trick-or-treating? Are those kids trick-or-treating? Are they throwing a party over there? I'm looking out the window. I'm very distracted. Um, I got all this candy to give away. I hope people are trick-or-treating today. At noon on a Sunday? You know, it's a weird fucked up neighborhood. What can I tell you? <laughs> so I'm just watching Cindy, who is a horror, horror movie aficionado. She's watched uh-huh. a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here you go. And she just looked at me and she's like, what the f- Fuck. She couldn't even talk. She was just like, I'm going to bed, man. That was <laughs> fucked up. She said, I got to go watch something else now and get that out of my mind. It does stay with you. Okay. Um, it's just the trippiest shit. It's very trippy. It's very much like Wicker Man. Like, there's some stuff you're going, oh, that's pretty horrible. That's a horrific thing. But you're mostly just like, what the fuck? Got it. And yeah. then you watch Spider-Man Far From Home right after that. Yes, of course. Just to wash <laughs> your mind and go, oh, the first 10 minutes are great. I loved it so much more, too, watching it the second time at home where I can pee a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, have my snacks. Also ruminate on things that happened and go, this was after the snap and blah, blah, blah. Also, that first 10 minutes had all the funny jokes about the blip. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we went to get, go see it in the theater when Ian's parents were here. We got there late, so we, must have, we missed the first 10 minutes. And normally, I would just turn around and leave. And I think we talked about it, but... Even your dad at the end was like, I wonder how that movie started. <laughs> He's got to wait well, till he gets next summer. started with a bad slideshow. Yes. Uh, with some Getty images. <laughs> so funny. That was like the best. This is what I love about Marvel movies and what makes them so great besides, you know, 
the real acting and real cultivation of storyline that would choke uh, oh. other older filmmakers if they had to pull off such a feat over Don't fucking get yeah over anyway. twenty something films. Uh, is that it? It is very so much in step with the times and very much understand like that little piece there. It was just like you'd have to. You have to be on Tumblr to get that one. You have to be. Yeah. You need to know. Right. So I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I hear that uh, a certain film by an old dried up person is just uh, eating it this weekend. So. Hmm. Well, it's got a limited theatrical run and then going to Netflix. So. That oh, is the so we don't even really, we don't even really get to see how badly it's going to tank. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're throwing rocks outside the out of our Bonneville at the brand new fucking smart house and running away like a bitch. Oh God. My, my thing is, my is just like, can we just like stop asking them for their opinions? Like we don't care. Well, we nobody care. is asking. Here's the thing: nobody is asking y'all. And again, it's like, oh, I know people love to watch this misogynistic old dried up crap and call it classics. I get it, man. That's your bag. Just you don't have to shit on wildly popular stuff like y'all used to get shit on when you put that movie in the theater back then and everybody raved about it. And it used to get picked on because it was the new kid on the block. And everybody said that film that everybody swore by was kind of bullshit and violent and cast the mob in a romantic light. And we all stood beside you and said, hey, man. Not everything can be Tron or whatever was in the theater at the time, you know. Yeah. We weren't yeah. shitting on We're Star talking about Wars. <laughs> we weren't shitting on Star Wars to lift up the Godfather. We weren't. We didn't have to do that because we lived in a time in our minds where we could have both. But now some people got old and mad. Well, no. Here's the thing. Even at that time, people were saying. The last time critics and older directors were saying something wasn't cinema was Star Wars. That's, That's what they said about Star Wars. Right. And now look where it is now. Yeah, and know. we all lined up around the block and said, we can't hear you over the money counters. You know, what are you talking about? Like, so it's just it's just a dumb, lazy, old person opinion, I feel like, to go, I'm only going to eat my gruel. It's like, yeah, but there's a Trader Joe's right here. Like, you can go, but no, I'm eating my gruel. It's the best gruel ever. That's what we do. We eat well, gruel. Okay, here's okay. here's my thing about, about this. Is it's... His criticisms about it are framed in a way that he has like genuine concern over the state of cinema. Mm. And it's so obviously not that because he specifically targets Marvel movies, which now the most successful box office movie is a Marvel movie. If he was really, really concerned about the state of cinema or what the fuck ever that means, he would be talking about like rising ticket prices and the effect streaming services have on on theater attendance and blah, blah, blah. Not going after the most successful franchise that is currently happening right now. We have seen so, many a diva get shook when a new young diva rises and that yeah. old ass diva be on TV, not aging gracefully, going, is she prettier than me? She's not prettier than me. Is she pretty? I don't know. I, don't, I think, I think also, I'm the he's like, all. He's a Ridiculous. director who understands the process of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. So he's saying fuck you to all the people who like worked mm. and slaved away at making these movies. And I'm just like, it's just so disrespectful. It is from a person who should know better. It's very disappointing. And I, so I tell, that's why I tell my friends, I'm like, don't have heroes because eventually life is long and they're going to fuck up and they're going to do bullshit and you're going to have to go. Yeah. Oh fuck. So I always like, and, and I don't revere, the, the classics like oh my god it's untouchable and i'm like everything ages nothing is meant yeah. to stay in its place in time like there's just we we, we evolve thank god you mm -hmm. know and yes for for the money counters it's great for something to remain a classic like christmas story that one holds but it still is like watching something pretty old even in its time it's like these movies don't really feel fresh. They don't really hold up. And if you look at the treatment of women and people of color in some of your classic films, you're just like, damn. 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's what we talk about all the time, right? If you're yeah. not evolving with the times, you're going to end up being dragged out of the room, kicking and screaming. And that's exactly what's happening here. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you're not even going to be kicking and screaming. You're just going to be drooling on yourself and a footnote. And no one will even bother to remove you from the room because they don't even know you're there. You become invisible when you start saying this dumb shit. So I just I don't get it. I don't get whether he need, even needed to be a war between Marvel versus the Irishman. I'm just like nobody art, was asking for this exist. beef. Yeah, I think the sooner people realize that, like, not all art exists for them. Like right. some of it, some of it is just like not made for you. Right. I feel like we'll ju- we'll just understand it a lot better. I just I also don't, don't understand. Like, I listen to all kinds of different music. I listen to hip hop. I listen to old rock. I listen to classical. Sometimes I listen to film scores. I don't. I don't sit here and go, well, this film score is so much better than the Stones. I don't. Who thinks like this? Who goes, no. oh my God, I cannot enjoy this, you know, Black Panther because the Irishman is coming out. What is actually happening in your brainstem that you're making these kinds of choices? Well, it's because we have we have this idea as a society that our tastes are drawn to our to how we perceive ourselves and other people, and for some people that means latching onto a specific genre and anything outside it is just like not not something that they can digest and this is interesting because like like what you were saying about how nothing is like i feel like there's so much like deification over all these classical yes. things and it's like we we talk about this a lot in my 20th century music classes that the attitudes towards like big composers like beethoven and mozart have changed over time when people started realizing that they weren't gods. They were just people who were really good at their craft. And if if we if we put them up as gods, then we completely ignore and invalidate the actual person that was there making that art. So all that to say, art can exist in so many different ways. And just because it doesn't conform, if like just because it doesn't conform to your personal taste, does not make it art. And that's like the main issue I have with Scorsese's comments about it. Yeah. I also just find it very ironic to pick on the Marvel movies just in this particular case because Stan Lee, who's recently passed, God rest his soul, older than Scorsese, created this stuff in a time, what, 60s, 70s, was a little bit of a forward thinker. And again, some of his stuff did not age well, had to be updated for sure. And the Marvel movies probably won't age well either. We'll walk. We'll look at these in ten years' yeah. time and go. Well, you know, they were trying something new. Like we walk, we look at Star Wars. It's like it's an incredibly cool movie, but everybody understands where it came from. Everybody understands yeah. there's some problematic well, shit even, going on there too. Yeah, even the earlier Marvel films, some of them haven't aged well. Right, you know? exactly. So it's like, and nobody's sitting around going, "Oh my God, I'm gonna die on this hill." It's like we move on, we evolve. So, but I find it funny. That the material that we're talking about here was from a guy who, this was decades ago, mm-hmm. and he got a, a a shot to live on with the Russo brothers' take on this story. And isn't it awesome how we can collaborate across age groups and across all of these different things and, and who we are? And we don't yeah. play identity politics. We sit down and go, all right, what makes the story the best in the time that we're creating it, right? I don't understand. I don't, it's just a, it's an old man get off my yard, get off my lawn kind of argument that I didn't expect to hear from someone he like even, Scorsese he, or he, even Coppola. Coppola, I'm like, oh come yeah. on, sit down, shut up. His comments were even like more disrespectful, yeah, like well, in my opinion. And he but like both of those no men have, have said that they rock. haven't. Yeah, yeah, both of the both of them have said that they haven't seen it. So I'm like, why are you commenting on exactly. it? Exactly. Exactly. Because, like, Scorsese said, like, there's, he said something about, like, cinemas about, like, the expression of emotion and blah, blah, blah. And, like, you're telling me out of all the 22 films, there's no psychological human connections or emotions. Well, not unless a one. You're, Are you kidding me? Only if you're a white man. If you're a woman and you're Natalie Portman and you're in The Irishman and you have two lines, we don't want to hear from you. Yeah. You know? So you got, these guys need to go back and look at their own shit. And again, I know you're rolling your eyes out there about Social Justice Warrior. I'm not saying the Godfather, Godfather's canceled. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I watch those movies. Unlike the people who are criticizing Marvel, I've watched these films. Yeah. I haven't watched The Irishman yet. I can't really comment on it. I know that the big criticism up right now is that the female character like says one thing. Like, 
that's I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like I want to reserve judgment until I see these things. A lot of things are made about stuff. But it's like, why are you throwing these rocks? It just makes no sense that you're throwing these fucking rocks. It's against well, your it's own bottom because, line. Like, yeah, and the fact that there are just now stories that aren't about the white man anymore. And you said it yeah. really well, Lisa, about when this first came out and you were saying something, I can't remember exactly, but it was something about how Captain America was not our our regular definition of a man and how that transcended our our definitions of, of storytelling in that sense. He was the greatest generation representative. And instead of having him be a very specific way that's been framed in other World War II picks, what I loved about Cap is that he had that, you know, that whole thing that the greatest generation, I want to serve and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then when he stepped into the the skin of Cap, he was always uncomfortable. You could tell. He just he just wanted the few little small things that he wanted, and he was greatly burdened with, you know, being Captain America. And there was just a, an uneasiness in him that I, I found quite lovely that Chris Evans bought, brought to it. He didn't play him with swagger. He wasn't crunching down on a cigar going, we're going to get over that hill. He wasn't doing that typical bravado bullshit. He was just a human being, little guy yeah. from New York, who just wanted to settle down with his lady love. And when he hands over the mantle to Sam, it's like, I'm ready to hand this over. So there's a beauty in these messages. And everybody's, oh, everybody's got to be gay. Everybody's got to be this. Everybody's got to be. But here's the thing. People already are. We're just finally embracing what it is. And if you guys want to make these dinosaur-esque films where ladies don't speak and men are men and we sit around and we growl about the city and the problems, it's fine. There's room for you, too. Like, you can still make your old man movies. And if you were nice, the young kids might even, like, watch your film. But now you've drawn a line in the sand, and the kids who like like to go to the movie theaters are like, well, skip this old dinosaur turd. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're dropping rocks and on your And who are you feet. making these movies for? I don't know. Who are you making it for? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like just like the moment I hear anyone be like, this is true cinema, I'm like, okay, so you're talking about the oh, classics where only a certain person was was given a voice and like that doesn't first of all what does that mean yeah also i mean are you gonna are we sitting around in whose movement french german italian american romanian Mm -hmm. venezuela the philippines true cinema and for whom in what context it's just such a it's so dumb and so myopic and i'm just like guys why and now you they're getting piled on but you brought it on yourself. You're not any better than anybody else, and your shit's not any better than the Marvel movies. Everybody calm your tits. Um, okay, so we are not going to have, we're not going to have uh, Angie or Andre this week for the Mr. Robot podcast, but that will be coming to you on Monday. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you guys next week. We're playing this by ear. We know that, that everything's are in flux, but we have promised and vowed to do Mr. Robot um, every single week. And a lot of people are enjoying uh, our analysis. I'm enjoying listening to other people's analysis. Reddit has been awesome. Mr. Rewatch is awesome. Uh, They're a great uh, podcast that talks about Mr. Robot. I would highly recommend if you're a robot head to go over to Mr. Rewatch. It is a great podcast about uh, the show. There's many others. Please, you know, tell us what your recommendations are. And find us on social medias, Ashland Podcast on Twitter and Facebook um, and on Instagram. You also can find the podcast uh, not just on iTunes, but you can find it on uh, where? Stitcher. Uh, Spotify. Spotify, SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. But if all else fails uh, and you're looking for a place to find it without having to download an app or any of that kind of stuff, just go to ashlandsisters.com and there we are. And you will find us right there. Yeah. Holding a huge bag of unwanted Halloween candy. <laughs> it was good candy too. Y'all don't even know what you're missing. Uh, so have a good week. Take care of yourself. Get plenty of rest. Don't don't be too hard on yourself. And you know we love you. So, bye guys. Bye. <laughs>